0: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, the only Packers podcast available 365 days a year. I am your host today, Maggie Loney. Jacob Westendorf is unfortunately unable to join us, um, but I'm joined by Jimmy Christensen, and we've already started the recording um, and then not actually hit the record button, so we're off to a really smooth start here on the Friday show. Uh, Normally, you listen to us on Thursdays, but we switched with Andy and Ben, so just throwing a whole bunch of curveballs at you, and we're just trying to trying to keep our heads above water here. So, Jimmy, we got a lot to talk about, even though it is technically the start of the off season. But before we get into that, any quick thoughts on the depressing season ending that we saw on Sunday?
0: Yeah. <laughs> My second time getting to say this, so I get to get sad all <laughs> over again. Uh, no, I was just saying, like, watching the game, heartbreaking losses, it, it was tough to see. And then after the game, I... I didn't think I could it could sink any lower and then listening to Rodgers and the floor and just seeing how absolutely as Rodgers said gutted they were uh as a as a fan it was special to watch this team and be a part of their victories and everything like that but just putting myself in their shoes like it was special for us to watch so I could only imagine what it was like for them to be to play for such a special and tight team and just seeing them after the game just how defeated uh, just sad they were just made it even worse for me. It was Sunday was such a bad day. I felt bad for my wife on the drive the drive home it was like a 30 minute car ride and she like you could tell she was like should I talk to him right now? Should I just let him be? And I was like Des, you're fine? You can talk to me. I'm, I'm bummed but I don't want you to sit in a super awkward car ride because of it.
1: Yeah, it was really like numbing. Like, I know me personally, I didn't talk for like five hours. It just felt really unhealthy. Like, and <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's one of the things that's so tough about the season was like you said, the camaraderie and the closeness. And Aaron Rodgers had mentioned it on the Pat McAfee show, where you have players who every year the team looks a little bit different. So when you don't get all the way it's just another missed opportunity especially unfortunately when you have guys like Corey Lindsley who now have been to four of these and hasn't been able to get over that hump and now he might not be back with the team so really quickly before we kind of talk about free agents as a whole um, special teams we should talk about that because Sean Menenga was let go by this Mm -hmm. Packers team Uh, Maury Strayton who was the assistant Packers special teams coach has been hired on, not officially yet. Nothing has come out just yet, but um, that has been confirmed by the Packers beat that he will be taking over. Um, Kind of fun. If you look at his history, he's been with the Packers a couple of years also was with the Colts for a while um, was with uh, Pat McAfee himself, coached him to a pro bowl, Adam Vittateri. So he's got a lot of really good experience. And I guess, honestly, if you look at it, big picture, special teams can't really get much worse. So Jimmy, do you have any kind of holistic thoughts about special teams and maybe what that looks like in 2021? Do you think JK Scott is back also?
0: I, I don't think JK Scott is back. I just think right now the special teams as a whole just needs a complete overhaul. Uh, man, it was so, I've never been so nervous to see special teams come on a field. Like besides Mason Crosby, (laughs) him excluded from this because Mason Crosby is a legend, but, Uh, anytime I see our punt unit come on or punt return unit, I was, I would get nervous. Uh, we brought in Tavon Austin to kind of fix it, but that didn't really do much. He only had, he only attempted to return the ball five times, I believe. And, um, he was pretty inconsistent as well. Like you said, it can't get, it doesn't seem like it can get much worse. So I'm really hoping that we can, uh, we can right the wrong of, of this season with, with just how poor our special team unit played. And At one point, what was it? There were four punt returns for touchdowns, and two of them were against the Packers. So as long as we don't get to all four, it's it's uphill from here. But (laughs) I I trust LaFleur. He liked him, obviously, to keep him on staff because he was a Mike McCarthy hire. He brought him on, he kept him around, and now he's getting promoted. So there has to be things that uh, LaFleur has seen that he really likes. Uh, I know there's some buzz. Zach Cruz put it out of uh, the Lions' former a uh, special teams coach that was let go to come uh, possibly as a, a person of interest, but I don't know. I trust the floor. They've, they've made, he's, he's proven to be a, a great head coach. So um, I, I trust the the upgrade. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's tricky because if you look at last year, you know, Sean Meningas still had one of the worst units, like historically bad until they brought in Tyler Irvin and then things kind of picked up when he was able to do some returns and actually, create positive yardage, which was something that special teams unit hadn't seen. And now in the second year, I think we expected to see a lot of improvement and Tyler Irvin unfortunately got hurt. And then you had Tavon Austin, who, like you said, didn't have too many opportunities and he had the one unfortunate fumble. So both those guys now are actually unrestricted free agents. So not sure if either of them will be back in Green Bay. So I do fully agree with you that it feels really likely that we're going to see an overhaul at the position. The Packers still have um, Ryan Winslow, a punter, on their futures contract. So I expect that to kind of be a training camp competition. And it might end up that we see maybe a rookie or a draft pick as that possible returner for yeah. this Packers team, which would be really interesting.
0: Yeah, because I was looking at the some of the stats too, and we're tied for second worst with the Browns for yards per turn on punts. Uh, punt return, and then we're second as well for kick returns. Um, so or second or thirty first, so second worst. Um, we uh, Tyler Irving came in two thousand nineteen, as you said, and kind of saved a historically bad return, but. That was more just the talent that he kind of brought, and we saw this year when he when he was out, we struggled, and our kick return was like a carousel. It seemed like there was always somebody new returning kicks. Even mid game, there'd be switches, and I love Jamal Williams, but that doesn't seem it doesn't seem like when you have your your one B running back, as Lafleur calls him, returning kicks um, for the first time is in his fourth season. It doesn't really seem like you have a lot of options there if you're if you're getting to that point.
1: Especially when, you know, you have guys like Jair Alexander, who maybe when he was a rookie, you put him out there and now he is like the face of your defense. You absolutely don't risk him. So you're really running out of options kind of in that as far as who can even be available on kick returns. So let's kind of take that a step further. Then we talked about special teams defensive coordinator Mike Petten's contract is up. obviously. We haven't heard anything yet at the time of recording um, whether or not he'll be brought back. So I guess first question is do you think that he will be back? and if you don't, do you have any ideas, maybe even in-house who you see could take over for him
0: as that coordinator? Uh I go back and forth with this. Some sometimes I wake like I wake up in the morning, first thought I wake up is Mike Petton's going to get fired. Um but he uh and then later on I just read Twitter like well he isn't gone yet. Like so maybe they're working on an extension cuz you would think at this point news would be out like oh they're not going to re up with with Mike Pettin. Uh, I really don't know. I like it's I I go back and forth. If I had to say right now, I I don't see Him coming back, um, I just think there'll be two... We saw a regression from 2019 to this past year, um, and people said maybe turnovers and things are going to go down, but it just seemed like... For the talent that we have on the defense, we just weren't playing up to the level that we should. So I would say he's not gonna he's not gonna be back next year. And I saw a lot of people saying from within Mike Smith, he's a big uh the linebackers love him. Preston's or well, who knows if Preston will be on the team, but Zadarius loves him. Rashon um and him have another great connection. So it'll be interesting to see if he if he gets moved up to defensive coordinator. But outside the team, one thing that uh I saw from Ross Unglum, which was a pretty cool, is like maybe. Wade Phillips and then you hire on like a younger kind of like prodigy to work behind him for a couple seasons until Wade retires and rides off into the sunset. But, uh, so that's another option. Honestly, it it kind of seems like the Packers way to, to promote from within. We just saw that with the special teams coordinator. So, um, I don't think Petton's going to be back, but honestly, who knows at this point and who knows who will fill the spot, but.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I thought it was interesting too, that, Mike Patton didn't necessarily re-up his contract. He just kind of let it die out. So I don't know if that's if this is going to be like a mutual decision. I'm sure we'll hear that it was mutual regardless of how it goes, but it kind of seems like a decision that maybe he doesn't feel like he's a good fit or, you know, and we know he was a McCarthy guy. So Matt LaFleur keeping him for a couple of years, I understand wanting to keep some continuity, especially when you're trying to implement an entirely new offensive scheme. You know, you want something that is stable and familiar, but yeah, it just didn't seem like those two were ever really on the same page. Um, one name that I would look at, and, you know, Packers fans, I'm obviously nowhere close to being anywhere near 1265, so take it for what it's worth. But I've seen G- the name Jerry Gray on Twitter a lot, and I think that makes a ton of sense. You know, he it's his first year with the Packers as the secondary coach, but already, you know, Jair Alexander is the number one ranked corner for pro football focus. Adrian Amos is the number two ranked safety. Um, he's got Darnell Savage with four picks on the year. And even if Kevin King doesn't come back, you know, you've got three out of four in like a really tight core that have grown and improved each year. So, and, and maybe that's why you don't want Jerry Gray to take over as defensive coordinator because you want him to stay with those, those defensive yeah. backs. But I do like his name as an option. If like you said, we've seen from this team that they promote a lot from within and his name would make sense as an internal
0: hire. So with uh, talking about Jerry Gray, where he, you've seen the production from the secondary, you mentioned the players. Do you think Preston Smith's regression this season kind of would hurt Mike Smith's chances?
1: That's a good question. I don't know if it has as much to do with Mike Smith or maybe if we're looking at you know Mike Patton and the three-man mm-hmm. rush and you know because we've yeah. I know that statistically it didn't look like Preston Smith was dropping as much but I think one of the reasons that Zedaria Smith had high sack totals again is the way that he was always kind of the roaming nose where he could line up outside or inside and Preston Smith it felt like was always on the edge and if he didn't win his one-on-ones he was kind of locked out so yeah. I don't know I think that's really interesting but I kind of think that more falls on Mike Patton
0: Yeah. No, that, that makes sense too. And you could kind of counter it with the rise of Rashawn Gary too, because he had such Mm -hmm. a strong season. So, um, kind of bounce it out maybe too.
1: So I like that you mentioned Preston Smith. I think that's a good segue here. We said that we would talk about free agents towards the end of this episode and they probably will be short guys. It is the off season. We're working with very limited uh, resources here right now, but, uh, So we know that Packers free agency is coming up. I believe March 15th is the the free agency window will open. But some big names, of course, Corey Lindsley, Kevin King, uh, you have Chandon Sullivan, who is a restricted free agent. Not sure if he'll be back. Will Redmond is a restricted free agent. Um, Obviously, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, Mercedes Lewis. Alan Lazard is an exclusive restricted free agent. Robert Tunyon is a restricted free agent. So assuming that a lot of the restricted guys are back, kind of just looking at the undrafted or the unrestricted picture, Yeah, what are your what are your general thoughts? I mean, do you think anybody comes back with the way this, this cap situation is? Or do you think the Packers maybe get really creative and bring back more people than we think?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, for some, <laughs> them to pull some uh, 2019 Chiefs of just somehow they sign – Mahomes, Chris Jones, again, and all these people <laughs> who like big contracts. But I don't know. I have a feeling it's gonna those Corey Lindsley, the one that really hurts just because he he's played such a strong season. Like he was an all-pro. Uh whenever you have the center, he's the commander pretty much of that offensive line, uh, communicating the most besides the quarterback. So that would be tough, but we saw how Elton Jenkins can play there. Lucas Patrick's another name thrown around of filling in at that center position. So I could see, I don't think Lindsley will be back. Um, Kevin King, it was very unlikely to come back in my mind even during the season. And now even just after that NFC championship game, I feel like that kind of fully closed the door on him. Uh, I saw uh, Aaron Nagler put out the tweet on how like, that's what he's going to be remembered for, even though he made some solid plays for the Packers and he, he did have some great games, but I just feel like those inconsistencies are just so blinding of all the, the good that he's done through his four years with the Packers. So I think at least fan wise, it's not, if he does come back, it's going to be a very unpopular decision, but um, in Goody, we trust in my mind too. So if he brings him back, I'll, I'll quickly uh, forgive anything Kevin King does just because I'm, I'm a big Goody fan right now. But I, I think I honestly think most of them are gone. I hope Jamal's back for the sake of I love him after talking <laughs> to him all season. And uh, he would be a good one-two with uh, A.J. Dillon and come at a cheap contract. Um, some of the numbers I heard are really reasonable. Um, just talking with Coach Luke and stuff on what they expect and what they're, what they're looking for. But we'll see as that gets figured out. What about you? I, who do you think coming back? yeah I
1: mean I think the Kevin King stuff is really tricky because you know I agree with you in the Nagler tweet where it it is kind of unfortunate that this is like how he's going to be remembered by Packer fans and he already kind of was at a disadvantage because everybody wanted TJ Watt and now we see that TJ Watt is like an all-pro pro bowler and Kevin King has drawn the short straw he had six interceptions last season and then he's coming into a year where Jair Alexander has like found himself he now owns an island he has the best uh quarterback rating a lot like allowed in the NFL um, he's a lockdown so obviously Kevin King is going to get bullied and picked on and everybody's always going to target that side of the field but we saw what happened of course in the NFC championship game when Tom Brady did go Jair's way so I think whoever comes in whether it's Kevin King getting re-signed to like a prove-it deal or you know a rookie that's going to be a tough spot to play because yeah. Jair is not going to have too many opportunities. And I think the same goes for Chandon Sullivan or whoever comes in is that nickel role where those guys, you know, it's just kind of the nature of the business where if you have somebody who's so locked down, whoever is opposite them is going to get the short draw. And I think that's kind of some of that perception for Kevin King, where we think that he's playing worse than he is because he just, he's doesn't own an Island.
0: Yeah. And I think that's
1: really unfortunate for him.
0: And that's a, that I, I found myself thinking this way too, of just uh, the quarterback would go his way so much. And be like, look, they're, they're targeting Kevin King. They, they realize he's not like, he's not that good. And then I think, well, no, it's just Jair's that good. Like they yeah. can't target that side of the field. So you're kind of left. Like eventually people did take shots towards Jair sometimes, but when you have a shutdown corner over there, like, you you really don't have many options left. So going after Chandon Sullivan this past game and Kevin King, kind of just the options they had because Jair's been so dominant, especially in the two playoff games. One reception for negative three yards against the Rams. This time he had two interceptions against the Buccaneers. Like, Kevin King was bound to be targeted a lot more just for the sole reason of Jair's the second coming of Christ at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think personally for me, and it's really hard, especially because we know that Aaron Jones is so dynamic and Jamal Williams, and especially against the Rams. when we saw all three running backs utilized yeah. really effectively. It's hard to think about losing two of them and what that looks like for the backfield. But to me personally, I think the priority resign has to be Corey Lindsley. And yeah. I don't know if you agree, but I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, Corey Lindsley doesn't come back to the Packers. What does that offensive line look like? Is it Elton Jenkins playing center? Is it Lucas Patrick playing center? Is it Jake Hansen maybe playing center, who they drafted this year, or is it somebody entirely new? Because you know David Bakhtiari is probably not going to be available to start the season, so this offensive line could look a lot different than what we're seeing now. That kind of wrapped up this
0: year. Yeah, one thing uh, thing about Hansen is just before the season, there there's rumblings of maybe Corey Lindsay was going to be a, a cap casualty before the season even started a training camp cut. And now to see him go into such a dominant year, I, my preference would be to keep Lindsley. I think he having him Jenkins and Bakhtiari when he is healthy, that left side of that line center to left is just so dominant. Um, you're having, two all pros and Jenkins is going to get to that point of being a first team all pro eventually. Like you have a chance to have three all pros. If you keep Lindsley. Um, I have, I have a feeling that it's going to be Jenkins at center and then Runyon at left guard. I think they're going to plug him in there and keep Patrick at right guard. Um, and then Billy Turner will have to start at left guard, but I think eventually once Bakhtiari's back, he's going to go back to his uh, back to right tackle. Or yeah, right tackle eventually once Bakhtiari's back. So Bakhtiari, Runyon, Jenkins, Patrick, Turner.
1: Yeah, and I mean I think the nice part is the Packers kind of bought themselves a little bit of insurance with mm. Billy Turner's contract and Rick Wagner's contract. We all thought, maybe going into last season, that you know, Rick Wagner was a stopgap. He was gonna be a one-year player. Well, now you have him under contract for 2021 and you likely will need him to be a starter because of the David Bakhtiari injury. So unless he and Billy Turner end up being like really surprised cap casualties and they roll out somebody like Yash Nijman, that
0: right tackle to start the season.
1: Yeah. You know, you're more solidified there than you thought. So we can play the what, same game.
0: Or go ahead. I was going to say, what do you think about Lane Taylor coming back? I know he had two season-ending injuries. Do you think the – the contract will have to be in the Packers' favor at that point because of the injuries the last couple seasons, but he did win the starting spot this year going at, in at right guard. Do you think he's someone they bring back?
1: I've been thinking about that, and I think that is really interesting. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Packers to bring him back. I think he would even probably be accepting of something close to that minimum at this point because he would just wants to be out there and playing Um I genuinely think that he, you know, probably is still better than Lucas Patrick. And that's no disrespect to Lucas Patrick, but, you know, he won that job for a reason. And yeah. maybe, like you said, maybe you end up having Elton Jenkins play center and then you end up with Lane Taylor and, Uh, Lucas Patrick is your guards and maybe John Runyon kicks out to tackle instead of being a guard. So I think Lane Taylor gets you that versatility. I mean, I don't think we want him to be left tackle like we saw, um, but I think he, you know, he's played it and he can do it. So he just feels like another cog where we've seen plug and play from this offensive line all season. And Lane Taylor would absolutely fall into that category.
0: Yeah. Last, sorry. Now I'm just thinking of all these free agents. (laughs) I didn't run any of them by you. I know we mentioned just the unlikelihood of Aaron Jones coming back. Um, but what's a number that if the Packers re-signed him to that you'd be like, okay, that's reasonable. Or I guess the question is what's your cutoff number for Aaron Jones?
1: See, that's hard. And that was going to go into the question that I was going to ask you. So I guess we can kind of yeah, like bundle them it. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, obviously we know AJ Dillon's on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. You kind of know what the numbers look like for Jamal Williams or what would be reasonable for his market. I think you have to kind of bundle Jamal and Aaron together, right? And it's just the nature yep. of it is like how much would you be willing to to pair them with? And, you know, do you think it's possible that they both come back? I think is part of it. Like, do you think that they're waiting on Jamal to see what happens with Aaron? Or do you think they'd sign Jamal and then if Aaron comes in, that's icing on the cake? Or I mean, I guess what do you think the room looks like in twenty twenty one? Do you think AJ Dillon is the guy and there's a couple draft picks, or do you think one of these running backs actually gets signed? <sighs>
0: what I, I personally think that Jamal's going to be back just because the desire and his end to retire Packers, which Aaron Jones has said too, but it's just the money's different. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think Jamal come back at a reasonable deal. And just as I heard from people too, and then Jamofsky kind of put it in uh, for ESPN is just the offer offers gone from the Packers for Aaron Jones. Um, I know they, they said they wanted, or they're willing to pay top five running back money so that, just thinking of uh dalvin cook last year that's around 14 million a year um i know joe mixon signed for 12 so anywhere from that like 12 to 15 million which is a lot for geez that's a lot for <laughs> running back so i uh, i don't see a world where they they kind of pair those two together and bring them back i know that was that was talked about earlier in the the off season, or not off season, earlier in the season that was turned down um and that might, might've been part of the reason why he made that switch from Chris Cabot to, to Rosenhouse. But I just, I think at this point it's going to be Williams or, or nothing. I think Jones has kind of set his sights on a mega deal from one of these teams.
1: Yeah, and it's a really hard year for running backs, too. I mean, the free agent market is really impressive. There's a ton of names that are still out there. And especially, I mean, Aaron Jones is perfect for the Mount Lafleur offense, but there's a lot of names that also would fit really well, like James White. There's plenty Mm -hmm. of guys that you could get on the market for really cheap if you wanted to bring in a vet opposite Jamal Williams. But we've seen, I mean, Aaron Jones himself is an example of a fifth rounder that has come in and made a significant impact for a team. So I think running back is just a really tricky position because you can draft and develop those players, especially behind a guy like AJ Dillon. So yeah, I mean, that's I think gonna be the most interesting part. Obviously, we want Corey Lindsley back. And that's almost why to me it would make more sense for the Packers to, to look at somebody like Kevin King over an Aaron Jones, even though you know, when you watch the game, you see how versatile Aaron Jones is and the impact he has on the offense. It's just harder, I think, to find plug-and-play pieces in your secondary and along your offensive line than it is to find a running back.
0: Yeah, and I I think, too, one of the big things that hit, hurt Jones is when he was out those couple games, Jamal had over 100, 100 total yards each game, like 75, 77 rushing yards and then um, around 30 receiving yards if it, or not a little bit more. And then we saw when he kind of got hurt that game against the Titans, A.J. Dillon came in and had over 100 yards, two touchdowns. So, And then the game, as you mentioned too, we miss, when we missed Kevin King, we had, had Josh Jackson in there, even though he didn't give up a lot of like – I guess he wasn't bad, but the, the pass interference, it, he was a huge liability in the red zone. So as you said right there, the running back rooms show they can kind of step up in the absence of Aaron Jones where the secondary – when you're missing one of your top guys is, is a much bigger problem. So maybe that, that cheap contract, the prove it deal from Kevin King is something that the Packers are going to look into. Cause I can't imagine his contract's going to be, I know he likes to put hashtag million dollar player, but I don't, <laughs> I don't see him get a hundred million, uh hundred million. I don't, I don't see him getting anywhere near that. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think kind of, as we wrap this up, you know, we know that this free agent class has a lot of really key players, but so does 2021. I mean, if we're looking ahead to next off season, you've got Devonte Adams, Jay Alexander, you've got your all pros. So as good, I mean, Corey Lindsley, obviously was also an all pro Aaron Jones made a pro bowl. So as much talent as you have in this free agent class, it almost feels like next year's class is even worse. So whatever decisions they're making now, it can also negatively affect what they're able to do next season. So I think that's kind of the balance they have to figure out. And whether that's restructuring guys like Aaron Rodgers, maybe restructuring Z, kind of taking some money off of this front end, it's it's going to be really interesting to see because you would have to think if you added Devontae and Jair to this free agent class, they would be your automatic re signs And potentially even before guys like David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, I, oh, that would have been... <laughs> that would have been interesting to see this year. If they had all four and they had a, a, just the order, they would have done those. And it would have been interesting to see. Do you think any of this Aaron Rodgers drama has any hindering on an extension with Devontae Adams next season? Because I know they say like this I, – I, there's no doubt in my mind Rodgers is playing for the Packers next year. But there, people are saying like, well, it's that 2021-2022 season where it gets a little more question, questionable. Do you think that's going to affect the Adams resigning? I don't
1: like that you put that into the universe because now I'm going to think about it. <laughs> but how how interesting would it be if they restructured Rogers' deal and they signed Devontae, gave him an extension this offseason, and they were like, yo, look, Aaron, you stay here for three years and then retire. We got Devontae for the next three years. You guys can ride off into the sunset together maybe that's how they'll do
0: it you just got to become the the gm or the assistant to the gm just (laughs) because i'll be the dwight Schrute. Uh yeah yeah, 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 perfect (laughs) (laughs) you have to wear those mustard color shirts and everything
1: though i already have the glasses so i'm halfway there but all right i think i think we've gone off the rails enough for today i think we're out of time jimmy if the listeners want to find all of your work on social media how can they do that
0: yeah you can follow me at on Twitter at jimmy underscore c08 um, article for Packer report coming out every Tuesday have a couple more weeks left um, at game on Wisconsin for Lombardi's bar we're doing we just talked to Joe Thomas on Wednesday and now we'll we have two more episodes and then we'll take a little hiatus during the off season. but you can find me over at game on I'll be doing random stuff this off season so follow me on Twitter I post all of the all of the shenanigans I'm up to
1: and there are lots of shenanigans, but you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. The off season is going to be an absolute grind, trying to come up with content every week. But we will do it. Um, you can catch me in Perry on Fridays doing packs, what she said. And Happy Hour with Game on Wisconsin is done for the season. Um, So that is one last thing for us to plug on Mondays. But yeah, follow me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. And you can also follow the Pack a Day podcast on social media. Make sure that you like and subscribe on all of your favorite platforms. Give the podcast a five-star review. Comment why Maggie and Jimmy are your favorite hosts. And thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go
0: Pack